0: Appreciate those heartfelt testimonies. You know, Martin Lloyd-Jones says the prayer for revival is ultimately a prayer based upon a concern for a manifestation of the glory of God. The prayer for revival, what is it? Ultimately a prayer based upon a concern for a manifestation of the glory of God. Did you know there's some churches that are revivalable, revivalable, and some that are revival-resistant? Did you know that? Did you know some people are revival-ready and some are revival-proof? Did you know that? And here's a little pamphlet. Grab this when you go out tonight. I think we got some uh, revival-ready versus revival-proof churches. But get on this side right here. Revival-ready versus revival-resistant people. And I'll tell you what, as a family, you read through that, and I believe that would be a great help and an incentive and a blessing for you. We've heard so much about relational things. We've heard so much about forgivenesses. We've heard so much about uh, bitterness and all of this. And this is uh, uh, right at the heart of what we're doing. You know, the cross points two ways. It points toward heaven, and then it points toward our fellow man, a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. And sometimes we've got to put things right where things have gone wrong and live it on a fallen planet. Sometimes we do the offending. Other times we we receive the brunt of it. And uh, God wants us to know how to deal with it. So here's a little tool on the very, very back table out there with those cups. uh, Reconciliation guidelines, putting things right when things go wrong. Oh, let me encourage you to grab this one tonight. And, and go home this evening as a family. Do this one as a family, or do them both, but do, do this one. Uh, read through these things, reconciliation guidelines. That's a proper way uh, to handle these kind of sticky wickets. All right, tonight, tonight, would you give God permission to speak to you this evening? How many would do that? Stand to your feet and talk to the Lord for a moment, giving God permission, in fact, an invitation And a request to come and talk to you personally tonight. Would you do that right now? Our Heavenly Father, oh, you're not only our Savior, you're our King. And Lord, we don't want to sin against you uh, by being unreceptive, unresponsive, and non-hungry. Lord, this crowd here on Monday night, we're here because we want to hear from heaven. So Lord, would you come and minister to hearts? Lord, would you teach us your ways? God, would you show us, oh uh, Lord, things that we have uh, stumbled over somehow? And, and Father, you just bring things to light that, God, we can make for the light and all dark parts could diminish. We expect your blessing because we ask in Christ's name with expectation. Amen. Get your Bible while you're standing, Mark chapter 11. Get your Bible while you're standing, Mark chapter 11. The topic tonight, how forgiveness affects your prayer life. How forgiveness affects your prayer life. Stop making what somebody did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Stop making what somebody did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Look at these words of Jesus. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God, for verily... I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. This is an incredible incentive for prayer. This is... this. Nothing's impossible with God. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you're going to get it. It's amazing. Oh, but look at this next verse, 25. In fact, read verse 25 out loud with me, please. And when do you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men... Uh, do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Verse 25, one more time together, please. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. You can be seated. How forgiveness affects your prayer life. One time a little girl was trying to pray the Model prayer and she was kind of stumbling over it and here You know that one that says forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us She got tangled up and she said lord forgive us of our trash baskets As we forgive those who put trash in our baskets (laughs) That wasn't too far off And when people put trash in our baskets i'm telling you we got to learn how to deal with it God wants us clear uh, Vertically and horizontally and he wants us clean and I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about how forgiveness affects your prayer life. I want you to notice some four simple points. Number one, forgiveness is a command from God. Say that out loud. Forgiveness is a... Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. Now, forgiveness is not a strong recommendation. Forgiveness is not a divine preference. Forgiveness is not a suggestion or an option. It is a command. And when you stand praying, Jesus said, forgive if you have ought against any. Now, the God who offers forgiveness to you demands forgiveness from you. This is not optional. It's a commandment. And I want to tell you tonight, child of God, I know some things in life are really hard. But you have the power within to obey every command that God ever gave. Mark eleven twenty six: 26, if you forgive not, uh, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. The way we treat other people has a bearing on how God treats us. I'm I'm just here to tell you, uh, forgiveness is essential. God commands us to forgive. Ephesians 4.32, and be ye kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. American Christianity is heavy on the benefits and weak on the requirements. Duncan Campbell said, I believe in no concept of sovereignty that nullifies man's responsibility. And can I just say that God's sovereignty does not nullify man's responsibility. God requires forgiveness from those whom he forgives. A Christ-centered, cross-centered Christianity uh, demands that we deal with this unpleasant subject of forgiveness. It's a commandment from God to forgive. When you stand praying, Forgive everybody. Good on that. Simple point number two: forgiveness is canceling a debt. Say that out loud. Forgiveness is—it's canceling, canceling a debt. One time, a man got bit by a dog that had rabies back in the days when there was no cure, and the doctor told him that it was fatal. It was incurable, and the doctor doctor recommended the dying man get his house in order. Well, the doomed man sat there, shocked, stunned, staggered in silence. Finally, he asked for pen and paper. He started writing Fast and Furious. An hour later, the doctor stopped by and said, well, I'm glad to see you're working on your will. You're still writing Fast and Furious. And the guy said, this ain't no will. This is a list of the people I'm going to bite before I die. (laughs) You You know what forgiveness is? It's shredding the list of the people you want to bite before you die. It's canceling a debt. Listen up. To forgive means to send away, lay aside, to leave, forsake, or to let go. And unless you release the debt you're holding against your offender, you're going to stay focused and preoccupied uh, with your hurt and your offender. Rehearsing your hurts cultivates bitterness. Rehearsing your hurts cultivates bitterness, but rehearsing your benefits cultivates gratitude. I'm here to tell you tonight, you get to to choose what you magnify. You get to choose your thoughts. You can't do anything about these renegade thoughts that can fly into your mind. But I'll tell you what, uh, you don't have to tolerate and entertain those reoccurring thoughts about the offenses that others have inflicted upon you. Now, sure, those thoughts are going to come back to mind, but you can send them packing. And here's the way you do it. (laughs) Let the words of my mouth and the Meditations of my heart. Do what? Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What does that mean? Stop meditating on your wounds. Just, just stop it. Start thanking God for healing your heart before you feel like it's healed. That, you, you know, we're like Thomas. We can't believe unless we see something or feel something. I'm telling you, faith is believing what's not so in order that it might be so because God said it is so uh, even when it don't look like it is so. And let me just say this to you tonight. Uh, Don't wait for your emotions to kick in to obey God. Man, if I only did what I felt like doing, I'd be in prison. How about you? I, I, I mean, don't wait for your emotions to kick in gear, man. Just do what's right. Intentional gratitude. Rehearsing your benefits cultivates gratitude. Enter into his gates with, come into his courts with, you know what? You know, you can tell when people come to church if they've been doing that all day long. And you can tell if they ain't been doing it. (laughs) I'm just telling you, you get around people, brother, and you can can pretty well discern what they've been rehearsing. And people who are rehearsing their benefits, I'm telling you, it cultivates a gratitude. To get something out of your mind, get it out of your mouth. If you want to get something out of your mind, begin by getting it out of your mouth. Stop talking about what you need to forget. Stop pondering over your wounds. That only keeps them fresh. Quit counting your bruises and start counting your blessings. Now, we said this last night. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not for, Wouldn't it be fantastic if we could take every unpleasant memory and every sorry thing that ever happened to us and click on it and drag it across on the screen of my mind, put it into. the trash can and then hit the permanent delete button and it never would, wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, you know, we had a episode where I led my family into a church that started out good, but to be frank about it, it turned into a cult. It turned into a home centered cult is what it did, it was not good, it was bad. And you know how it is, you don't wanna believe things are as bad as they are. You're hoping that what they're saying is not really, it can't be that bad. And you're trying to hope all things, believe all things. Anybody with me right here? I compiled me a file, man, of all this junk. And uh, one day I'd had it up to here and I said, I'll tell you what, i have done everything that possibly could do to sort it out. So I took this file folder. I have a backhoe. I have a a 1980-something case backhoe, 580D, 14,000, 16,000 pounds. I went out there and dug me a hole, man. Big old hole, buddy. Deep hole. And I thought I'm going to have a bur- burial service right here. And I took that file folder. I laid it in the bottom of that thing. And um, I didn't say anything. No words there at the graveside. And I covered it up. And you know what I thought? That's going to fix it. You know what? It didn't fix nothing. <laughs> because the file, paper file was in the ground, but the uh, mental file was in my mind. And you know what? I learned right then, I'm going to have to quit rehearsing my hurts. I'm going to have to quit dwelling on these, talking about these things. And and let me just say this, that forgiveness is not forgetting. You don't have the capacity to willingly forget. Only God can say, I'll forgive your sins and not bring them up anymore. He's the only one that can willingly forget. But, But listen to me, listen to me. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Now, forgiveness is when you tear up the list of those who have put trash in your baskets. And I'm just telling you, uh, we got to deal with this thing. And I'm telling you, the the Christianity either works or it don't. It's true or it's not. And I'm going with the fact, praise God, it's true no matter what. It's canceling a debt. Number 3, simple point number 3. Forgiveness is a choice you make. Oh, it's a choice you make. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. Forgive means to let go, release, cancel a debt. Forgiveness is an act of your will. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. Forgiveness is not an emotion, it's a choice. We don't forgive people because they're right, we forgive them because we wanna be right. And forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice, it's not an emotion, it's a decision. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. You think a crucified man would think, feel like forgiving somebody? One won't emotions to it. The agony of the whole thing. I got a sermon on how a crucified man forgives. And I'll tell you what, he interceded for his enemies. He interceded for the transgressors, it says, and he prayed for their salvation. Father, forgive them for they they don't even know what they're doing. And the prayer got answered. The thief on the cross got born again. The soldier at the foot of the cross cross said, surely this is the son of God. And on Pentecost, 3,000 stormed into the kingdom of God. Oh, listen to me, dear friend. Our forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a decision. When Stephen was being stoned and the rocks were pelting him, I'll tell you what, he didn't have any warm fuzzy come over him, But how did he pray? Father, don't even let this into their charge. Isn't that amazing? Amen. I'll tell you, the grace of God is absolutely amazing. Now, Spurgeon said, go to Calvary to learn how to be forgiven. Go to Calvary to learn how to be forgiven. Linger at Calvary to learn how to forgive. Go to Calvary to learn how to be forgiven. Look and live, but linger at Calvary to learn how to forgive. You know, on the cross, uh, Jesus uh, had nothing to say to his enemies. He had nothing to say to the cowardly disciples warming at the enemy's fire. He just talked to his heavenly father, other than the thief on the cross, So don't waste your time explaining yourself to unrepentant people. Don't waste your time explaining yourself to unrepentant people. It only takes two people to forgive you and God. But listen, it takes three people to reconcile you, God, and your offender. But it only takes two people to forgive. Now listen to me. The question is, do you need to untie or do you need to cut? Do you need to untangle or do you need to sever a voluntary relationship? Now, forgiveness is between you and God. I'm telling you, you can forgive people that you don't know where they're at. You can forgive people who are no longer alive. It's a transaction between you and God where you verbally uh, uh, cancel uh, the debt before God's presence. It's between you and God. We're obligated to forgive, but we are not obligated to trust untrustworthy people. Nowhere in the Bible are we told to trust Twisted people, church people or otherwise, nowhere, nowhere. So don't negotiate, don't negotiate with twisted people. You can't help them, but they can harm you. And your emotional well-being demands that you separate from untrustworthy and abusive people. This whole idea of loyalty, blind loyalty that has come down, uh, and I believe in loyalty, but I'll tell you one thing, brother. I'll tell you one thing, brother. If a guy is a crook, if he's immoral, if, 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 we are under no obligation to trust people who are crooked. We get confused about our responsibilities toward people, I think, in this matter of forgiveness. But listen, for resentment is a peacetaker, but forgiveness is a peacemaker. Go to Calvary to learn how to be forgiven. Oh, but linger at Calvary to learn how to forgive. I'll tell you, Jesus was praying for the people that put him there. He was praying for them. They were scoffing and mocking and abusing and finding fault and gambling. with. He was praying for them. Pray for the people. God released Job from his bondage when he prayed for his attackers and his accusers. Now, listen, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance, but you've got to make the choice to repent. The Lord is not going to repent for you. And and, and I'm telling you, uh, it's your responsibility uh, to repent and it's your responsibility to forgive. It's a choice you make. Now, when God convicts you about your need to forgive, and he's been doing that a lot, Uh, You alone are responsible to let it go. You're the only one that can choose to cancel the debt. Listen to me. Forgiveness is not pretending you weren't hurt. It's not trying to make believe it wasn't all that bad. No, it was bad. It's not pretending. It's not ignoring the pain in your heart. Forgiveness is not trying to understand the motive of your offender. You You can't even figure yourself out. How are you going to figure these people out? You can't do it. A forgiveness is not opening up yourself for more abuse. It is not. A forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's, it's a choice. It's releasing a debt. I have a friend, Southside, Virginia, grew up together. He had a brother in Richmond, Virginia. And in Richmond, Virginia, a teenage boy came into the home of my friend's, my friend's uh, brother, pulled out a pistol and shot my friend's brother, shot his sister-in-law and shot his nephew, a triple homicide. The authorities came in, found the murder weapon, had three remaining bullets. They took the bullets and gave them to my friend. And my friend said he took them home and put them in the safe. They caught the guy and put him in prison. And my friend said, if the kid ever gets out of prison, I got three bullets, I I got three presents I'm gonna give him. One bullet for my brother, one for my sister-in-law, one for my nephew. Can you imagine trying to work through the grief of a triple homicide? Can you imagine? Oh, it was awful. The kid had been on vacation with his family. He had spent the night in the home. I was at my friend's church and was preaching, the topic was forgiveness, and he came forward weeping and sobbing. He looked at me, and said, Harold, I'm praying about forgiving the kid that shot and murdered my brother and his family. And I looked at my friend and I said, brother, you don't need to pray about it. You just need to do it. Amen. I know it ain't easy about this. Okay. I, I'm, I'm well aware there ain't nothing easy about this. But I'm telling you, when it comes to these kinds of things, it's either forgive uh, or get bitter. And you know, months later, my friend came to a board meeting. He's on our board and handed me an envelope, had something in it that was rattling. I ripped the end off and poured it out. Three bullets. He said, Harold, I won't be needing these anymore. Maybe you can find a more productive use. I put them on my desk as trophies of the triumph of the grace of God in forgiveness. Good night. Forgiveness is a choice you make to let go of all your hurts, to stop wishing ill on your offenders. Don't pray, Lord, help me to forgive, but rather say, Lord, I choose to let go and cancel this debt. It's out of my hands. It's, it, I'm not going to hold it anymore. I was in Carolina, 60-year-old guy, drove down here to Georgia somewhere, and uh When he was 16, his mother told him to get out of the house and never come back. And he got out of the house, and he had never been back. Well, he was 60; She's aging. Somehow he felt compelled to get in the car, and he found her and came down, did everything in his power to to reconcile and to to clear things up, and he did everything he possibly could. Let me just say something to you. Forgiveness is a choice you make uh, to let go and cancel the debt. Simple point number four, forgiveness is a condition for prayer. Now, this is serious. It's a condition for prayer. Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. That's a choice. It's a cancellation. It's a command. When you stand praying, forgive. In other words, when you're getting ready to approach God, when you're getting ready to talk to heaven, to speak to the Lord, uh, when you get ready to commune with God, forgive that your father may also forgive you your trespasses. Your fellowship with God depends upon your forgiving of your fellow man. Your vertical re- uh, relationship and communication with heaven is influenced by your horizontal forgivenesses or the lack thereof on earth. Crossbow goes two ways. And he's got us covered both, both directions. The acid of bitterness will not harm the object it's directed at, but it will destroy the container that it's stored in. You say, well, it costs me a lot to forgive. It'll, it'll cost you a lot more if you tolerate a bitter heart. And I ain't making a light of it, okay? I, 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 I know whereof I speak, all right? Listen, listen to me. Life is too short to carry these secret resentments around. It, it, it's, it's weird. This thing is wrapping up here. <laughs> And we're all wrapping up sooner or later. And life is too short to carry all this stuff around. There's a way to get through it. And Jesus forged prayer and forgiveness into a knot which cannot be broken. It's a condition for prayer. Now, if you want to be on speaking terms with God, you got to deal with the bitterness in your heart. It's an absolutely crucial component. Prayer never rises from a bitter heart. Uh, uh praise and gratitude don't rise from a bitter heart you know we ought to get to the point where our first response every day is thanksgiving and praise you know a little talk a little Pentecostal touch wouldn't hurt some of y'all out there tonight I just tell by looking at you right there I'm just telling you this is a little something but but anyhow listen to me it don't rise from a bitter heart or a critical spirit it, it, it does not but when you learn to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I was in a church one time and pastor got up to the end. And he said, I want you to go home and write, your, uh, write down your top 100 list. Top 100 list. He said, the top 100 things you're thankful to God about. And he sent us out the door. I'm driving an hour home, about to hit a bear on the parkway. My wife's over there. I said, you write, I'll drive. Let's put out our top 100 list. In 12 minutes, we had 117 different things, Brother Childs. We come back to church the next night. Pastor says, uh, how, many, how many completed your top 100 list? <clears throat> uh, some, some people said, well, Pastor, we couldn't think of 100 things. Well, I knew right off the bat they weren't in the habit of Uh, coming into his gates with thanksgiving. Because if you're a thankful person and you practice intentional gratitude daily, you can reel off a hundred things fairly fast. And and I'm I'm just telling you, D.O. Moody said bitterness and unforgiveness are doing more to hold back the power of God in revival than any other sin. God wants us clear, clear, and he wants us clean. We did a bathroom remodel. Has anybody else ever made home improvement mistakes? And we had a Jack plumber <laughs> who put it in the garden tub, who didn't put concrete under it. <laughs> and um, I had a plumber, a plumber do to church. I said, hey man, what would you do? He said, well, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd go down to Lowe's, get some of that great stuff, you know, that foam insulation. He said, I'd put a hose on the end of that thing and a stick and put it up under the tub and kind of fill in with uh, great stuff. I said, okay. So I got the great stuff. I got me a stick. I got uh, a hose and I attached that on there. I said, I guys knew what I was doing. Could have made a YouTube video <laughs> until this part. So here I'm squirting this stuff. But the problem is that the holes came undone off of the, uh, l- the lip on the uh, can. And, and the great stuff got all over my hands. I didn't have on latex gloves. Another, that's why I should never try anything. Just get somebody else. To, but but I, it got all over me. So I said, well, I'll go wash this off. Water didn't work. Soap didn't work. Lava soap didn't work. Alcohol didn't work. Paint thinner didn't work. Then I finally read the directions. Nail polish works. <laughs> but my hands were filled with all this. I was just dirty, man, my hands all. And here I am trying to peel this mess off and just, you know, just scrape it off. And, you know, here I am just going on for so long uh, because my hands were filthy. But when I finally got all that stuff peeled off, I was clean. And I want to tell you something, it's good to be clean in the presence of God. I like that song, it's good to feel the blood applied. That might be a bit much, but I'm going with it. I like to feel the blood applied. Clean in the presence of God, no condemnation. A heart sprinkled, uh, uh, a conscience void of offense toward God and man. Man, having our mind sprinkled, a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. God doesn't want you walking around in a cloud of guilt and condemnation. He doesn't want you walking around all the time looking like you got the burden of the world on you. And if you learn to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and rehearse your blessings and, 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 and count your blessings, I'm just telling you, God can give you a different person. I mean, you know, some people need an improved Personality, say amen. Right there, now, I know some people are naturally um, buoyant and upbeat, and all this kind of stuff. But if you're one of the melancholies, like some of us have a tendency toward the dark side, you got to practice intentional gratitude and you got to learn to go to the fountain filled with blood. That's where you're going to get cleansed. And I'm telling you, that is great stuff, it's tremendous. Now, I told you last night about my neighbor, my friend, who was like a grandfather. Uh, to my children, and, and he, he and his wife, just the dearest people, and like a father to me and my wife, and he, he, he grew up in this terrible situation, and, and he could never get over it. He, he could never get over it. He said, I don't go to prayer meeting because I know God ain't going to hear my prayers because I got this bitter. Oh, oh, you don't have to take that stuff to the grave. Amen. Listen to me. It's a condition for prayer. Don't let bitterness turn you into the person who hurt you. Harboring hurts will make you like the person who wronged you. Your focus determines your disposition. You know, I tend to remember what I ought to forget, and I tend to forget what I ought to Remember? And out of the clear blue, here comes these incidents of injustice, (laughs) lying, (laughs) financial loss, here they come. And then I'm 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 going at it again, rehearsing. Well, Better Business Bureau, government agency, don't even try it, it ain't gonna work. I'm just down, but here I am just, you know, thinking of all these methods of revenge. Wait a minute, hold everything! I did what I could to seek justice, I couldn't get it. I ain't worried about it, I got, I got bigger fish to fry and, and in 10 years, five years, two weeks, uh, two or 3,000, ain't gonna make no difference anyhow. I, I, mean, I mean, come on, I know some things are larger and more painful and hurt more, hurt more than others but I'm just here to tell you, friend, that don't let bitterness turn you into the person who hurt you. Forgiveness does not excuse their behavior but it prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. There is no peace in this kind of stuff. What a blessed day when God uh, uh, teaches us that forgiveness is a command, that forgiveness is a choice, uh, that that forgiveness is canceling the debt, and it affects our prayer life desperately. When you stand praying, forgive. It's a condition for prayer. The model prayer in Matthew 6, forgive us our debts as we forgive our for if you give men, forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also your trespasses. You know what forgiveness is? It's extending the grace that God has shown to you and passing it on to your offender. Amen. Anybody here recipient of divine favor? Anybody here got all your sins forgiven? Amen. Those thoughts, those deeds, those motives. Anybody here know what it is, the taste of the world to come? Anybody here know anything about the grace of God that brings salvation appearing to all men? Anybody here know what it's like to have your sins wiped out, put as far as the east is from the west and cast into the sea of forgetfulness? Amen. Now, God's forgiven me of a multitude of stuff, I'm just telling you. I'd, I'd be embarrassed to try to... I couldn't even, I couldn't even remember a, a tenth... But you know what? God can't remember it because he's forgotten it. And you know what? He's extended marvelous grace, and he wants us to pass that on to others. Amen. They don't deserve it. Well, we didn't deserve nothing. But hallelujah, he and his mercy committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners. When God forgives you, you've got the capacity to forgive. Now, hear me on this. I've had people say, well, Brother Harold, I just can't forgive the came out of the church one day. He said, I just can't forgive. And I thought, that's, that's, that's a bad sign right there. Can't forgive and won't forgive are two different things. And, and I, I look, I know some of y'all have been hurt really bad. And, and, and listen, I, I'm not making light. Good night. I was in California. Oh. Topic was forgiveness. Before the invitation could be given, the altar was packed Southern California. Weeping, sobbing, carrying on for an hour, making so much racket, um, nobody can say nothing. So we just let it go. They finally finished up. I said, what in the world was that all about? I said, look, I know we're already an hour, hour and a half late, (laughs) Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon in Southern California. But what was this? What was this about? Oh, one guy said he just, he just got out of literal prison. But he talked about how he had forgiven people that had wronged him and God had freed up his heart. And a girl there had a family inheritance issue and she was talking about how hurt she was, but she had forgiven her family. And then in the back of the church, oh, there's this woman that stood up, I guess 65 years old. I used to thought think I was old, but I don't think that no more. But... Um, She stood up, had the marks of a hard life written all over her countenance. She began to sob, cheek, quiver. She said, my father is 91 years old. He's on his deathbed in the hospital. She said, when I was a little girl, my father did terrible things to me, wept. She said, but today I've chosen to forgive my father all those horrible things that he did. And for the next hour, the best people in the church, the best people in the church, stood up and related how they had let go of some stuff, and God had let them out of jail, out of the prison of offense. Two years later, the pastor said, Harold, God did more to free up the atmosphere in our church in that one service than all the other services combined. And you know what? There was a liberation that came because of the choice to forgive. Now, my dear one tonight, the way we treat other people determines the way that God treats us. When you stand praying, forgive. For if you forgive, the Father will forgive. If you don't forgive, the Father will not forgive you. Is that what it says? Now, we gotta figure out what this means. Instead of trying to make it fit into our theological system, Let's just take the declarations of the Word of God and try to get a handle and balance out what this what this is talking about. Forgiveness affects your prayer life big time. Spurgeon said the goal of prayer is the year of God, but I'll tell you what unforgiveness closes the year of god it's the It's a condition for prayer when you stand praying, forgive now let's open our hearts tonight to deal with any further unforgivenesses and and, and let's just give God to per permission to reveal those roots of bitterness and the reason called roots is because they're not on the surface they're out of sight they're underground they're subliminal you don't even see them until the searchlight of God it gets turned on your own heart well I started studying on this subject and I am very uncomfortable <laughs> which is a good sign we lived in Montvale, Virginia at that point in time. We had a little strapling hickory tree in the backyard. And man, something wasn't right. I mean, something wasn't right. you talk talking about no song in the heart. you talk talking about no joy in the soul. you talk about no spring in the step and no, 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 no. You, something wasn't right. So I went in the backyard. I alluded to this last night. If you'd asked me if I was bitter, I'd have said no, but I didn't even know it. But I had all of these roots of bitterness and I was blind to it. So I said, now, Lord, I've really been hurt. And I went through those three things I told you last night, the people that promised uh, the man that embarrassed me when I was a child and my friend who broke a confidence. And I, I just went through my list. I didn't know I had a list took me 45 minutes to shred the people I wanted to bite before I died. 45 minutes, one after the other. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I'm releasing it. Lord, I'm canceling it. Lord, ain't nothing I can do about it. It's out of my hands. I'm not seeking anything else from them. It's between you and them, Lord. I, and and I, it took me 45 minutes to uh, shred all this junk. And you know what? After I shredded all that kind of li- that junk, I, I, God let me out of my spiritual jailhouse, and I could worship again, I could witness again, and my soul wasn't so agitated and bothered, Mm -mm -mm. and the static in my soul, static, I dissipated, felt the peace of God come back, and I'm learning that I've got to practice forgiveness daily. Forgiveness from God and forgiveness to others is essential for a meaningful prayer life. Stop making what other people did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. And when you stand praying, when you stand praying, forgive. Not an emotion, a decision, not a feeling a choice, not forgetting, but a, 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 a decision to release, let go, to cancel the debt that you're holding against them. Mark 11, when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father, which is in heaven, may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, here's what I want us to do do, do tonight. I want you to put out your little uh, sheet from last night. How many new people in the house tonight don't have one of these? Ushers, could you all hop on these right quick? Several ushers, four or five ushers. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. We're just going to work through number one. We're going to look at it in light of what we heard here tonight. Okay, I'm going to look at this a little more because we want to be clear and we want to be clean. You need one, lift your hand if you don't have one. Hands up. Wave them around. Gentlemen over here. Yeah, down front. Everybody needs one of these. Thanks, guys. Boy, your ushers are well-trained, Billy. I'm I'm impressed. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, in light of what we heard, forgiveness is, tell me what the four main points are. I know we didn't have a PowerPoint, but what are the four main points? Number one, forgiveness is a command from God. Excellent. Number two, forgiveness is canceling a debt. Number three, forgiveness is a choice you make. Number four, forgiveness is a, I think that's all in this text. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to Take this little pamphlet right here. Just look up those verses, number one, because that's what this one's dealing about. And let's just answer these questions before God tonight and pray through this, answering these questions, examining our hearts, and let's let's get clear. And let's get clean. I mean, thoroughly clean on the issue of forgiveness, okay? So you just uh, huddle up right there in your heart, Maybe you and your wife want to get together on this. i would be all right, too. Whatever. But uh, let's work through number one tonight. Working through number one.